1: Yo, I'm comfortable talking to Mark Alford. He don't make me feel I got to kneel at a dark altar. His colleagues are cool, things are jolly and smooth. Anything else, it'll be part stupid and part awkward. Do your homework before you talk to a vet. Well, on this podcast, Getting Comfortable with Mark Alford, we want to welcome the other side of the Paseo-Martin Luther King uh, Jr. street renaming debate. That is Dr. Vernon Howard here on my right from the Southern Christian Leadership Conference and the vice president. Reverend Dr. Sam Mann, also from the uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference. You were telling me a little bit off the air about how the SCLC got its start. Tell
0: our viewers. Sure. SCLC is the premier civil rights organization in the United States of America that was critical to the advancement of many human and equal rights issues and laws in the mid-20th century, if you talk about the Civil Rights Act you talk about the Voting Rights Act, if you talk about the 1963 March on Washington, these initiatives were led by SCLC in the mid-20th century, and particularly Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and we are proud and happy that our advocacy uh, has led the city in bringing this law into fruition.
1: What's your mission today as an organization?
0: Well, part of our mission is to continue the legacy of human and civil rights in Kansas City, we are the Kansas City chapter. The national chapter is based in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia, and has chapters all over the country. And so, we continue to advocate uh, for economic justice, for equal opportunity for people in the workplace, in housing, in wages, and so forth. SCLC was the lead initiator uh, and promulgator of the $15 per hour living wage ordinance that is now law in Kansas City. Mm. It's being fought by the Missouri legislature. Nevertheless, we're in court battling that legally, like we've always had to do traditionally with civil rights issues. Many times law has been the crux of where we were able to obtain victory. Uh, But the living wage ordinance is law in the city of Kansas City, Missouri. We've continued to advocate for defense of citizens and persons against peace, against violence. Uh, We've been a lead advocate uh, in the effort to defend the rights, uh, civil rights of Ryan Stokes, uh, who was a police brutality uh, uh, victim. We've continued our efforts in uh, bringing to Kansas City one of the most prolific uh, Martin Luther King annual celebrations every year, and we look forward to another one in January. So we're happy about that.
1: Dr. Ma'am, why is it important that we have uh, a street named after Dr. King?
2: Well, if I might just pick up just a little bit to lead into that question, sure. if that's okay. The, the, the beauty of Southern Christian Leadership Conference is that it's uh, not only a demonstrating, uh, calling out kind of organization, it was always involved in some kind of uh, activity that had teeth in it. Uh, For example, the Montgomery Improvement Society Association, which the SCLC grew out of, led the Montgomery boycott. It wasn't just an organization of protest or demonstration. It led the Montgomery boycott. It it put teeth in it. And uh, under the leadership of Dr. Howard, uh, our SCLC continues to do that In a mighty way, because of many of the of the efforts that he has talked about, we're not just in making a point; we're about getting something done. And one of the things that we want to get done is to uh, we. Kansas City is the only large metropolitan area in the United States or in the world, because there there are even streets throughout the world Mm -hmm. named after Dr. Martin Luther King that. It doesn't have a street named after Dr. Martin Luther King. It's been many years. He's been here. He's got one of his chapters, SCLC is here, and we certainly follow his teachings of nonviolence and social action. But it's always got teeth in it. Always got teeth in it. Something something doing. And and this one is no exception. Uh, This is no exception. We want to name a street. And we have named a street. Uh, we've uh, marched, we've, we've uh, called it out, and we've named a street after this great prophet of peace and prophet of freedom and justice, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. And it, I want to be clear, it's not just a street, it's a boulevard. Across the, uh, you know, in Kansas City streets are maintained by the street department. And you may or may not get the pothole filled. But the boulevards, the uh, boulevards—I don't know if you know the difference in it—but the boulevards are maintained by the Parks and Recreation Department, and they get taken care of in a mighty way. And we know that the 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 what used to be known as the Paseo is a beautiful boulevard. And what better place to name uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard than than that street? Why the Paseo? and not
1: Ward Parkway.
0: So, we know that there have been extensive conversations about which particular uh, thoroughfare would obtain the name of Dr. King. The MLK Boulevard as we understand it now is justified strongly, I believe, by one of the points that Reverend Mann just made that there are continued streams of support, talking about financially now, from the Parks Board and the beautification and the maintenance of uh, the Boulevard now. This would not happen if it were Prospect. This would not happen if it were 63rd Street. It Which was the, if it were
1: so what some people want to have right, is the absolutely. 63rd Street. It would not
0: happen if it were the terminal. Uh, it would not happen if it were these other options. So because of that, what we're talking about is a steady stream of beautification, nope. upkeep, and maintenance. But Ward the Parkway
1: Boulevard. has that designation. It's upkept, well, as we just saw, by the Parks Department. I mean, it's very nice now after the pothole debacle we had over the winter. Why not Ward Parkway?
2: Well, let me say something about that, doctor, if you yeah, don't please, mind. Yeah, please, go ahead. Uh, yeah. The issue there is the community chose this street. Those that were affected most by Dr. Martin Luther King's message chose this street because it's closer to them. And uh, Ward Parkway uh, was one of the streets where people lived that uh, opposed Dr. King. And it was one of those streets that people lived on that disagreed with his message. This was at the heart of the movement, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so would that
1: make a better, a greater impact to have Martin Luther King Boulevard run through the
2: rich section of town? Not according to the community. Now, maybe some community might like that mm-hmm. idea, but but I know that uh, those who are part of this movement want this street.
1: When you say the community wanted it, how did that all go about that? The Paseo, because it kind of seemed like it just kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe people weren't following the news, but through the city council process that all of a sudden the city council had approved uh, that the Paseo be changed to Martin Luther King Boulevard. How did that happen?
0: So the, the all of a sudden is a, a misnomer. It's, a, it's an error. In, in fact, uh, this uh, movement began uh, back in 2014 and 2015 when a very prominent pastor who Uh has uh, passed on now, his name uh, is Reverend Dr. Charles Briscoe.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: former Pastor pastor,
2: of the Paseo Baptist Church.
0: (laughs) Former pastor of the Paseo Baptist Church, (laughs) who came to the Baptist Ministers Union of Greater Kansas City, who came to the Southern Christian Leadership Conference of Greater Kansas City, and to other grassroots organizations along with neighborhoods and other leaders, again, with people who are actually MLK Boulevard residents and said, SCLC, Baptist Ministers Union, we want you to initiate this change because we know that your organization is one that has historically advocated for the vision and dream of Dr. King. And so we brought that to the table. Mark, there are 100 Signatures of MLK Boulevard residents that we have who are advocating for this. How many people there live are, on
1: uh, Paseo MLK Boulevard? Uh,
0: the, so that's 100. The total, of how many? the total number, I don't know. I don't have that in my head right now, but we've got 100 signatures of MLK Boulevard residents. There are over a thousand signatures, and even more in queue if needed, in order to uh, advance this issue if need be. We've got broad support from over 200 organizations, leaders, elected officials. We're talking about U.S. Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver. We're talking about the greater Kansas City AFL CIO. We're talking about the NAACP. Mayor Lucas. We're talking about uh, Mayor Quentin Lucas. Uh, we're talking about. You're saying that he is for keeping
1: MLK where it is now? Oh,
0: I, I think you can. Or just uh, having an, a I Martin Luther can, King street. Uh, I think you can go back in the record of uh the discussions with the city council where mayor lucas now mayor lucas mm-hmm. uh was a lead advocate for along ensuring with your main read oh absolutely but not only them teresa lore mm-hmm. Catherine, Catherine Shield. shields kevin mcmanus lee barnes i mean well, this is candidate something-
1: was against it
0: well I- i'll tell you uh well, that i'm i'm wondering I'm wondering uh, in terms of laws here in Kansas City uh, that are passed, maybe that's the research that a news station can do, in terms of how many times you have a major law uh, that is approved by absolutely every yeah, council Yeah, It's probably person. very few. Yeah, yeah, probably very few. So yeah, we've got those posts. We understand that. But I think the bottom line of what Red Man is speaking to, this was a grassroots Uh, kind of uh, initiative from those people on the boulevard. Did
1: it go through the same process, though, that other streets have been changed, like um, uh, Brush Creek Boulevard was changed to uh, Emanuel Cleaver 2 Boulevard, and that went through, as I understand, a much different process where an actual vote was taken and it was not.
2: No, the city council passed a resolution to do that, mm -hmm. and they just did it.
0: A vote was taken. And From the city council. Yeah, that's the reason but why in, it's not But not in
2: the city. Not in the city. As a matter of fact, uh, Martin Luther King Boulevard has gone through far greater uh, process and scrutiny than than uh, the other boulevards. But what do you, Parks, what, and Rec, Parks and Rec just did it. What do you mean they just did it? They just they, they have the authority to, to do it and then come bring it to the uh, uh, the city council for passage. Have What? What is your understanding
1: that the Parks Department, their, their view on this?
0: I'm not sure. You'll have to speak with them. Mm-hmm. The, the, the main crux of this matter for us is that these are residents of MLK Boulevard. Mm-hmm. These are churches, pastors, neighborhood groups that are vested in the community, these are civil rights organizations. Uh, These are uh, charter schools. Uh, These are individuals who are vested in the community who have arisen together and uh, advocated uh, with the city of Kansas City, Missouri to make this change. And the city of Kansas City, Missouri has done so, and we're proud of that.
1: Aside from the issue of maintenance that the Parks Department would provide since it is a boulevard, let's cut that out. Aside from that argument, why not have a... East, West Street, like 63rd Street, where all sectors of our community could celebrate the contribution of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr.
0: I think it's a misnomer misnomer that you don't have a diversity of MLK Boulevard. We have had uh, white folks marching with us. We have had uh, white folks who are advocating with us with respect to this issue. Uh, When we uh, held a rally, in April of 2018, along MLK Boulevard, Mm -hmm. it was Bissell then, uh, we actually had white neighbors that were waving at us, and and folks that were saying, yes, go, do this. This is not just, and we know this, Mark, with respect to what the demographics are and how they're changing in the urban core, Uh, though MLK Boulevard is predominantly African-American, it's not solely African-American. No, I live live
1: one block away.
0: there you Behind go. Behind sale high school. Yeah, a- absolutely, point taken. Yeah. And so this is something where we have a broad spectrum of races that will benefit from this. But
1: this as course many course. as would crisscross and be on MLK Boulevard every day or street if it were an East West Corridor?
0: So if you're I don't know if you respond to that, if you go to East West Corridor right. in terms of 63rd Street, uh, frankly, 63rd Street has a little bit different feel. Uh, to it. Uh, there are places where there are no houses, mm-hmm. no homes, no residents. The density really changes in some areas. It's industrial, it's highway in some areas. It's not a lot. And, and really if you, if you think about it, MLK Boulevard as it is now is one of the longest running boulevards in this city and is diverse. Excellent location. for that. And
1: it was designed that way to be a link for the city to be built around Paseo by George Kessler who was brought here as a designer for the parks to improve the city image. Uh, and how do you handle that history? Because there, you can't ignore uh, why it was created in the first place.
2: Some of the critics that you talk about, mm-hmm. I raise the question with them, why now? Why, didn't, why have they come forward? before now to name a street after Dr. King, 63rd Street. Why now? And now all of a sudden the churches on uh, MLK Boulevard, the, the residents, the civil rights organizations, the community decides, makes a decision about it to claim one of its heroes for a major thoroughfare in this town, a major thoroughfare, beautiful thoroughfare. Now, why all of a sudden they want one running east and west? Well, the city's divided east and west. I mean, why, 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 not, why not, try to try to bring it together in ways that are really meaningful? I mean, it's a it's a Johnny Come Lately
1: argument. So, do you think by maintaining MLK Boulevard as it is now will heal the community? Because there has been a dividing line. Let's face it; and traditionally, that's been truced the way that it was set up. Uh, by uh, a lot of people like including Nichols,
2: yeah.
1: oh who, you know which is a whole nother <laughs> yes, that's show. right you're right but about. is this going to heal unite or further divide
2: well why not why not recognize the choice of this community recognize it rather than oppose it that's healing why why oppose it just because you got some memory about it and uh, you know the majority of those signatures on that petition uh, are west of truth so what do you do let's get back to the history because uh, I'm a firm believer
1: no matter how you vote on this issue you got to know history before you make it and our 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 town our city is so has such a rich history and diverse history what do you say to those people who want to maintain or go back to Paseo because of the historical value of that?
0: Historical value of Paseo is not being taken away. Uh, The architecture will still be there. The fountains will still be there. The people will still be there. The beautification will still be there. And the economic investment will be enhanced because this particular location is within THE ONE CITY ECONOMIC DEVELOPMENT SALES TAX IN WHICH THE SAME GRASSROOTS COALITION THAT EMERGED TO ACTUALLY INITIATE THE MLK BOULEVARD CHANGE ALSO EMERGED TO INITIATE MORE ECONOMIC DEVELOPMENT, JOBS, HOUSING, COMMERCIAL DEVELOPMENT, RETAIL DEVELOPMENT IN THAT PARTICULAR AREA. AND SO WE ARE CONFIDENT THAT THIS IS THE BEST THING FOR THE COMMUNITY and for the broader city.
1: You alluded to, and I don't want to put words yeah. in your mouth, but um, this came from the community. It was a groundswell sure. of support. It had the community support. Mm-hmm. If the community as a whole comes out on November 5th and says, we change our mind, or we, we want to change it back to the Paseo, will you be accepting of the will of the people?
0: Well, I don't don't think anybody uh, has the the power to reject or accept (laughs) what a uh, vote is in a democracy, but we have confidence in the goodwill of Kansas Cityans. We believe that uh, the same uh, goodwill for equity and for the empowerment of all people of color, including African-Americans and brown Americans and others, will be affirmed with this vote, just like it was with our Living Wage Ordinance, just like it was with our One City Ordinance. We believe that the goodwill of the hearts and minds of Kansas Cityans will come together and see and believe with us that this is the good thing and the best thing and the right thing.
2: I would say one thing about that. We always pay attention to the will of the people, always. That doesn't mean that we agree with it. We pay attention to it, and it also doesn't mean that the battle will be over, because the will of the people is also the will of the folks that uh, uh, you know got the city council and the city leaders, the city city leadership, to change the name. That was the will of the people. Is there anyone
1: on your side of this issue who feels like this is a race issue that people don't want it called? Martin Luther King Boulevard because of
2: race? I do. Why? Because I think that the, that the majority of the folks who wanted to reclaim this, the recall, recall this uh, street name, uh, have some kind of history of Kansas City, which was predominantly white, in the day that the street was named. All the folks you talked about who named that street are white, and they're gone. And when you see even see the names in the paper, uh, in the paper, it, they're living in Overland Park, and uh, you know even outside the outside the city. And the names on those petitions are living, you know, outside the outside the neighborhood. They've gone. Now, uh, you say you you all brought up the thing a while they go about 63rd Street. Where are those folks? that used to live on Paseo? Paseo was a black street. Where are those folks? They're gone. They're part of the problem. You understand what I'm trying to say? I probably shouldn't say that, should I, Doctor? I think you should say uh, what's in your heart and mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of that happened after
1: the desegregation lawsuit, I believe. Is that correct? The white flight out of the urban core?
2: Uh, I, you know, when was Johnson County built? Johnson County is white. Am I right or wrong? Huh? I'm letting you speak. No, I'm, I, no I, I'm serious. I'm asking the question. I would think the majority
1: of Johnson so. County residents are and, and when, Caucasian. It was started,
2: when it was started, mm-hmm. who started it? Did you see black families in Johnson County? I mean, if, they, if, if the will of the folks is the will of the folks, uh, black folks count too.
0: Mark, this, this is, these are hard uh, things to say, but they are true. Let, let's imagine, uh, because we know, without a doubt that the predominant number of persons who signed the petitions to place this on the ballot to reverse Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard are white. The woman who led it's black. That may be true. The predominant number. Of and people. you can maybe do that I don't analysis know. Can you, yourself. Can you find we've out done the, that. the we've, race of signatures? We've done that analysis in terms of zip codes. And we know that. Oh. Imagine, um, imagine, Uh, A group of predominantly African Americans going to the Country Club Plaza and saying to Country Club Plaza uh, community, business owners, residents, stakeholders, we are going to make an attempt to reverse the name of J.C. Nichols Parkway in that community. Imagine individuals... Well, that's been
2: talked about. (laughs) Not by black folks. (laughs) Not by blacks. (laughs) Steve Kraske talked Mm -hmm. about it. Right. Yeah.
0: Imagine individuals, uh, let's say, uh, uh, in the central center of Kansas City, on the east side of Kansas City, going to north of the river, saying to residents uh, in a particular cul-de-sac or in a community that's predominantly white or some of the racial or ethnic group, we're going to change the name of Vivian Road or Antioch Road. Imagine residents east of Truce going to uh, west of Truce and going to, let's say, Warnell or Ward Parkway and say, you know what, uh, we think uh, in the interest of unity, because Warnell, Mr. Warnell or Mr. Ward were cont- contributors to all races in Kansas City, we're going to move Ward Parkway over to another street or another area and we're going to change the name. This is an perfect epitome, Mark, and here there's, a I believe this, of the pathology of white privilege that suggests that white people can decide what a street name or a boulevard will be named in a predominantly African-American community in which white folks in the city have had very little interest in investing in, living in, keeping up, beautifying, and maintaining. In fact, the interest of white folks have been more in other areas. How is it now that we arise to lift up an African-American hero in a prominently African-American area and have the pathology of white privilege say, no, predominantly African-American community, you will not do that. We believe that there's something wrong with that picture. And we believe that there are white people of goodwill who understand how significant this is to the broader community. And not only that, to African American children who need a symbol of hope, peace, and beloved community in this town.
2: Hmm. And and then come to come now after after the streets been named, where were they, if they were so caught up in it, where were they before this? Why didn't they come up with something before they? It, it's, it's hypocritical.
1: Is the key now in the voter turnout? Getting yep. the I agree with you on that. Getting the black community to turn out.
0: I think the black community because uh, it's an off-year election. I mean, I mean, I mean it's, that's critical. Let
2: me say one thing about this: the two votes Dr. Howard talked about earlier—the 18th cent sales tax, which passed by 65 percent of vote—the fifteen dollars an hour, which also passed by 63 to 65 percent of the vote was a combination of the progressive white vote and the black vote in this town. It was matter of fact, truth be known, without the progressive white vote in, in those two elections, it wouldn't have pa- would not have passed. It would not have passed. The white vote up north would have carried today. But that that corridor of progressive white vote who care about uh, this town, they they they, ca- they carried that. They carried both of those and we think that, uh, sure, there's, that, there's, this, that there's this coalition that's, that's right in this town to do that. Mm. Dr. Mann and Dr. Howard, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.
1: Thank you for <laughs> getting
0: comfortable. I've been <laughs> looking forward to this. Have you and gone? I apologize for the, the conflicts that we had with right. scheduling. That's yeah. all right. We finally got you. Thanks yeah. for getting
1: comfortable with Mark Offer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got me out of bed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo. I'm comfortable talking to Mark Alford. He don't make me feel like I gotta kneel at a dark altar. His colleagues are
0: cool, things are jolly and smooth. Anything else, it'll be part stupid and part awkward. Do your homework before you talk to a vet. That way you won't get no static coming from tech. I'm on my own planet. I'm in my zone, damn it. I